Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents Ha Ha Laugh Funny Mention It All A Bravo by Betches Podcast We don't say that but now we said it With Dylan Hafer Who gonna check me bro? And Barry Rosenfeld I need to start drinking alcohol Now go to sleep we Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I'm Dylan Hafer. I'm so excited to be back after these last couple episodes that I've missed and I am joined again by Jordana and Sammy we're going to be discussing, of course, part four, Beverly Hills, plus some winter house. How's it going? How's how's Thursday so far? You know, we've recorded a podcast with each other. So, you know, that's where we are so far. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. good. Honestly, th- Thursday is my best day because I get to talk about just things you love, things I'm interested in. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, most of my my Thursdays are podcasts, but the, this is the end of our residency at the Mention It All podcast, so I'm pr- pr- feeling pretty sad about that. I have nothing to do on Wednesday nights anymore. <laughs> I mean, you could still watch shows; you just won't have anywhere to talk about them. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was saying I feel like this is this is definitely not a goodbye. It's a see you later. Um, but I feel personally like the this Beverly Hills season has now sort of come to a uh, natural stopping point and knowing that they're already filming season 12 we've gotten numerous different photos of like different you know there was a group dinner there was Erica and Garcelle you know they've been out and about I feel like it's time for a little breather we can like move the story forward a little bit you know Dorit's robbery I'm sure is going to be you know a big early storyline so like I think as much as I enjoyed this season, I, I almost am like a little relieved it's over because I feel like Erica kind of said everything she really could, even if it wasn't satisfying. Like it was clear by the end of part four that it's like Erica doesn't have any more information to share. Right. Like we can have more moments of her, you know, yelling at Sutton or being annoyed with Andy. But, you know, it it was time to to be done for now. I totally agree. I feel like after watching this reunion, I do feel like the sweet spot is three episodes. I think that four is a little much. Well, I, I'm grateful I don't know. for I four. It gives me something to watch. <laughs> I can't remember who was saying this, but Barry and I have talked about it before that honestly, a lot of reunions that are three parts should be two. So then when you have right. a reunion that's four parts, it's like, yeah, three might be the right number. I think like, three for like a for like a, a good juicy drama ridden season is like a good amount. If it's like a season where not, it's like if it was like New York and they did a reunion, I feel like two would have been more than enough. Half hour. Watch what happens live. Yes. <laughs> I love how we're like talking about this as if it's not completely driven by how many advertisers they need to please. Like that's oh, really what it's about. Absolutely. I mean, there's a reason that like certain shows always get three parts regardless of how juicy their season was. Like they are like the Beverly Hills ad spots are being sold regardless of whether anything happened in the season. Um, so I'm sure they were, you know, 
happy that they had enough to share. There was on Watch What Happens Live last night, which was with Paige and Sierra, they showed like a a deleted scene from the reunion that was like Garcelle and Erica getting into it. And I'm like, guys, we had four parts. Why are you cutting anything that is remotely interesting? Like there was... There was enough time. Show me all the good parts on the actual reunion. You could have been right. It. Yeah. I, Do you feel like anything new came to light this reunion than past episodes? I think she had her, Erica had her best reunion, but I also think the pr- production really did her a favor by not putting Sutton directly across from her because mm-hmm. I think it's sort of like energetically. Really, the the real conflict of the season was between Erica and Sutton. Yes, it was about Erica's legal stuff, but, like, they didn't really make, like, an Erica and Sutton section of the reunion, and that was very much, like, missing to me. It was all... They spent, like, probably a total of about two episodes, basically Andy asking Erica questions, and then sort of all the women you know, having their moments where they were also asking Erica questions or getting into it with Erica. But you're right that there wasn't ever a time where they were like, let's roll the clip package of Erica and Sutton having their thing. And like when they were talking last night about Erica threatening Sutton, it was like a question for Erica. And then Erica basically just, I think was like gaslighty about what she was actually saying because she's like, no, I didn't threaten you like in a real way. I threatened you like if, if you're struggling next season, I won't be graceful toward you. And it's like, that's not what you said. Let's all just agree. (laughs) That's not what she, that's not what, how it came across certainly in the moment. And like, I, I think everyone, regardless of how you feel about Erica could watch that and be like, I don't think she was talking about show politics for next season. That felt like a very direct, you know, menacing thing. I thought it was interesting, the difference between, like, I think Erica did a good job job for everything that, like, she, as good of a job as she could have done. I think she came out not looking worse than going, like, I think before, if, if anything, she's like, at worst, she's like the same at best she's like i think people have slightly better attitude towards her almost because she was like down to answer whatever even if it wasn't like a really good answer or a non-gaslighting answer it was she still answered pretty much everything um and i thought it was interesting sort of like the tactic for being in the reunion if you want to come back versus if you don't like denise (laughs) it feel like if you compare it to like denise who was like sort of in her position last year and denise was just kind of like not really like kind of like half there not really answering shit like didn't really see but like erica's trying to still be a character on the show she's still trying to work for the audience to an Mm -hmm. extent and i thought it was very interesting to see like the different way that you act like based on totally your next season right erica was obviously you know there were moments where she was lashing out or whatever but she was not trying to burn bridges at this reunion she was trying to I do think I do feel like watching it that she really did say as much as she could. Unfortunately, I think she's falling back on the same talking points a few too many times of, you know, I'm not a liar. I'm not a victim. But the problem is that she can say that as much as she wants. But the behaviors that she's showing don't necessarily 
confirm that that's actually how she feels. And I think the victim thing, especially, she talks so many times about how she's not the victim. She knows she's not the victim. She knows there are real victims who need help more than she does. But then the whole time she's talking in general, it's like, this happened to me. Look at right. my life. How are, you know, yeah. so... And the, and then when Andy asked last night about her talking to Tom, which I thought was a super interesting thing that we hadn't really dug into until then, and he asks, you know, if she's asked him if he did it, and sh- her response is that she's asked him how he could do this to her and leave her in this position with the lawsuits. Right. And Nothing that to do with anyone was, else. That was, like, one of the worst moments for her, I think, because... I don't see how you could watch that and not have the feeling of, so your only real concern was yourself when it came down yeah, to it. Yeah, right. She yeah. seemed very, very concerned with herself. Like, I'm ho- very You upset. left me holding the bag. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, so that's, <laughs> her, that's your which concern I understand here. Her delivery was actually pretty bound. emotional and pretty, like, mm-hmm. in that way. I don't know if she's just a very good actress, but she did seem very genuinely emotional about her own pain i did Um, enjoy her performance in chicago i've always (laughs) stood by that she's pretty good generally speaking i think though like i mean so she she's basically saying like how could you do that but she's like okay when he calls me i say i said how could you do this to me how could you let me be in this position of everyone suing me but i'm kind of like if you didn't really know anything then like you already left him like why would you say that to like your ex-husband like he why would why wouldn't he be like why did you leave me when i became when i became had dementia like why would you leave me in my weakest point right yeah. and you would also start way before why did you do this to me you would start with like how could you have done this how could your our whole life have been a lie right it would have been a much more like existential question so like I, I feel like she came across probably like 10% better than ever, like than she ever has more like sympathetic, but at the same time, like she didn't, she still, I sort of see her as almost like a Carmela Soprano where it's like, you know, that the money is being made in a sketchy way. You don't know the details in a way that you'd be liable for it, but you know, she clearly knew something because her whole attitude would be different towards him if she were just finding this out with the rest of the world. Yeah, and I think that's a good point too. When Andy asked kind of about whether she knew there was anything shady and she responds that she never would have come on reality TV if she knew that there was anything shady going on, that to me was like a little bit unsatisfying because it's the sort of thing where... I don't think she would have come on reality TV if she knew that there was like an investigation going on. I mean, Jen Shaw, it's questionable. I think more questionable, like you were actively being investigated with Erica. It's like, you know, my husband's rich. He's a successful lawyer. We don't ask a lot of questions. She never really had to explain on the show where her, all of her money came from. It was just like Tom's a hotshot. I also think to Erica, like, this was normal. Like, 
she part of why Tom was able to get away with all this is because he kind of like had people in the bar who were looking out for him and people in the police department. And you even saw them like interact with the police chief in one of the episodes, her first, like one of her first scenes, her first ever. episodes. Yeah. So it's like she probably just thought like, you know what? Like, this is how it is. Like, sometimes there's like a moral people who are like, you know, getting theirs by by doing shady shit. Maybe she didn't know the full extent. And but right. What I don't understand is like once she figured out what was really going on, why didn't she completely change her direction in a way that would have made her, I think, come out looking better and you'd feel bad for her. And like, I don't understand why she didn't play that. What was so hard about getting out of her own head and being like, what should I do? I don't think it's in her nature. Her nature is to be like the strongest person in the room and like the like don't I think her she is more interested in being like powerful than sympathetic. Sammy's like she should have gotten bangs and started wearing <laughs> jeans and sweaters. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like not even that. Like I'm not even saying she had to like put on that kind of thing. I think if she had just been like I think she like, tried that in the beginning. Like, I'm moving into my tiny house on two acres. No, no, no. This that's not dollars. what I meant. No, that's <laughs> not what I mean. If she had made this about, like, like almost a breakdown of, like, how could my whole life have been a lie and my husband, have, right. who I thought was amazing, done this horrible thing to all these people? People would have naturally already felt bad for her. If she had, if right. she had felt bad for the victims, people would feel bad for her. Yeah, and if she had once said, like, all this money and this stuff that I bought, I feel so guilty knowing that it was at right. the expense of other people. And I want to do my best to try to help them recover that money. But instead, in court, she's not doing that. So it's like, why wouldn't you do that? And then you're like giving yourself so much more longevity as a person. She can write a memoir. Right. Even if she said, I don't know, because I can understand why she'd be like, I'm not going to admit to guilt publicly like saying that there definitely are victims because that's just bad for me <laughs> legally even if she said i don't know what happened even you know if he if this thing's happened that is completely awful and like even even if she said if like i feel like it would work but instead she didn't do that ever i think this isn't a direct comparison because of the victim aspect but when Teresa got convicted and went to prison she was really open about the fact that, you know, I feel like people pretty much bought the idea that she didn't know what she was signing and she got roped into this thing. She did her punishment. And then she was open about the fact that she was doing all of these appearances and stuff because she needed to make money to support her family. And, you know, she's writing the books and doing all this stuff and staying on the TV show. And I think that could easily tip into people being like, she's profiting off of her, blah, 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 blah. But because she felt really, it felt like she was kind of laying it all out there. I don't think anybody was like, why is she doing an appearance at this club? Like when she is convicted of fraud. And I think for Erica, it feels like she's sort of been living in this in-between world where it's like, look at my life, look at how horrible it is, but she's still bringing two glam people to um, Del Mar. And I think that's why it's so frustrating when she is like, the worst thing that anyone could possibly say is that she's a liar. And I that's another example of where I think she comes across as kind of a gaslighter because 
if if somebody lays out a specific example of when you said something that wasn't true, that is a that that can be an example of a time you lied and them saying you lied isn't the same as like you're the least trustworthy person right. I've ever <laughs> met in my life and you must have been lying about all of this other stuff and I think Erica is sort of making this bullshit kind of narrative where it's like Sutton how dare you call me a liar because of this one specific thing and I don't think Sutton is really putting that much weight behind saying that something was a lie calling all my honeys support for today's episode comes from honey love whether you're a bride a wedding guest or simply seeking everyday smoothing honey love is the go-to for all things shapewear Honeylove has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. For a limited time, you can get Honeylove on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honeylove's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their Signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. It's designed to work with your body, not against it. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back and thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Move with confidence, thanks to Honeylove. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts. I have to say, Erica being married to Tom for what twenty something years, twenty years. Yeah, you don't like you're not married to like a good lawyer for twenty years and not pick up any tricks. Like, <laughs> yeah, she speaks like a lawyer. She's very, she's actually kind of good at it. Like in terms of like what you said, like the gaslighting thing, like the way she can sort of turn the narrative mm-hmm. around to make it her own thing. And I do think that comes from. Being married to a lawyer, that is what that's what a good lawyer kind of does on a trial in the stand. Like they kind of twist the story before you even know what's happening. She never answers any questions directly. She always answers a question with a question. Like if specifically with the liar piece, which I do not understand this like obsession with like if someone calls you a liar, like people lie all the time. People lie like on average, I believe, eight times a day. So it's like, <laughs> no, like 
<laughs> you are a liar, We're Erica. All liars. Right. There's right. a difference yeah. between there's a difference between I have told a lie in my life and I admit that because I'm human right. and I'm an untrustworthy person who has a reputation of being a liar. And I think she is the latter. <laughs> she's making this false equivalency between those two where she is trying to she's trying to blame Sutton for thrusting this reputation of being a liar upon her when it's like, actually Sutton is just pointing out a specific time when something you said didn't add up or didn't make sense. And hearing her, hearing her once again, try and explain these car accident stories is every time it's like baffling. And I know this has become like the biggest meme of the season. We have the whole robbery story on a pillow, betches.co slash Bravo merch. Um, (laughs) But truly, every single time she talks about it, uh, the viewers, as well as the whole cast on the reunion couch, is like scratching their head, trying to follow it, trying to right. match up what she said before. And it's just different every time. And it's Tell like, me what you see. <laughs> right. She's like, actually, it was nine hours because I did the math. And then also, you know, this didn't happen. And no, there's not a police report. And I'm not going to talk about the snow. It's like... <laughs> I'm not going to talk about, like, why not talk about the snow? Why? That's the one thing you won't talk yeah. about? I'm not going to comment on I the snow? Up, I looked up the, the weather privacy. in LA that day. It did snow. I believe that there was snow. Well, right. then she should just say that. Um, uh, that. It's all very weird. I mean, she is not... The the liar thing that she gets very hung up on is... It's a defense. It's like, someone asks her, like... Andy asks, like, why are you so triggered by being called a liar? And she's like, well, would you want to be called a liar? And it's like, that's not what the question it's not right. was. It's a question like, with a question. But she it's always interesting answers because questions with questions. I feel like Sutton, although she has, like, the right intention and vibe, is just not a formidable opponent for Erica. She just no. cannot, she's not aggressive enough, and she doesn't have, like, the same bark. So she really can't go against Erica. She will lose just because Erica is, like, louder and, like, more intense. But Andy, I think, yeah. did a good job for sort of like filling in the gaps where Sutton couldn't because she's a little, she just can't do it. So I think, I think Andy did yeah. do a good job of like taking the reins and being like, okay, Sutton's not going to push back on you in the way that like everyone wants to see. So I'm going to have to do it for her. I think the thing with Sutton is not, it's, I I do think you're right, but also in a separate from whether or not she has the capability to sort of go there. I don't think, I truly don't think her motivation is to destroy Erica or to take Erica down or to make Erica even look bad. She wants answers. She wants she wants Erica to be good. Like, she doesn't want Erica to be the villain in all of this, but she is, like, having trouble with it. Whereas if you had somebody like an LVP or Camille or if the stars had aligned differently, Rinna could have been like this where they really were you know, sort of on a mission to, you know, dig up all the evidence and dig up all the dirt on Erica, it would have been a much different season. And I don't necessarily think it's bad that we didn't have that. But it's like, I do think I agree with you that it was good that Andy clearly had a long list of questions that he was going to ask no matter what, because the cast was like, come back for clarity with her. Yeah, I think he Andy's best skill is that he like, doubles down instead of letting them just have the bullshit answer he's like but what about this or like but you said that and can't you see why someone would think this um and no one else will do that so i'm glad he did i also thought it was interesting that erica was like 
on any other um, franchise, like, like this would have gone differently. Everyone here is so precious. It's like, actually, on every other franchise, you would have been fucked. Like, right. That, and Potomac, no, oh my God, they would destroy her immediately. Everyone Literally, would. Giselle would, like, come wearing, like, a shirt that says, like, Tom doesn't pay his taxes. <laughs> like, <laughs> There would have been a clink clink. Like, yeah. I think also, I saw somebody point out on um, Twitter that it was interesting that she at first just said, she said, this wouldn't happen on Atlanta. This wouldn't happen on Potomac. And Garcelle kind of like raised an eyebrow and she's like, or New York. And it's like, I don't, I mean, that's a whole can of worms. That this it's wouldn't like she, happen on New York. Oh my the God. First ones like, she came, never. The first ones that came to mind were like the casts of black women, which I think is interesting. But that's you right. know, in general, yeah. it's like. They would have ripped her apart. Right. It would have so been a conversation York, that ended with her being like yeah. dragged for filth. Yeah, completely. I mean, that's what they do. That's why Beverly Hills is so annoying is because everyone it's very L.A. and then it's all very kind of like fake and like people are showing what they want to show and they Mm want to show like their money and their like nice stuff. And every like I think I talked about this before, like everyone greets each other in such like a bullshit sweet way on Beverly Hills that no one in any franchise does. Like in Beverly Hills, when they all come to a party together, you. you look incredible. Oh, my God. I love this. I love this outfit. New York, they come together and they're like, oh, my God. Did you hear that? Like Sonia, like totally made up that she slept with that guy. Like she's such a loser. And they all like say that to her face. It's like a completely different greeting. <laughs> and notice last night when Erica sort of clapped back quickly at Dorit about her own lawsuits. That was something we weren't going to touch. Clearly, it was like they showed a little clip package and then we were moving on to something else. And so, yeah, it's like there there definitely is kind of an air of we're going to talk about the topic that we've decided is the topic. And, you know, that's kind of going to be the that's kind of going to be what we're doing right. for now. And there's nobody's going to change that, right? What about Kyle throwing Andy under the bus about, like, the, you heard the rumor too, Andy. We heard oh. it from the same person. And that, like, we, oh, we boy. know it was Bethany. We know it was Bethany. Yeah. And, I mean, they put up the article. Yeah. I wasn't sure. <laughs> right. And then they put up the yeah. article. Right. I do think that it's like, Erica, it's a little odd to me when Kyle's like, well, I heard a rumor and I assumed it was untrue. Like, we hear hundreds of rumors about each other. I actually assume most rumors are true. <laughs> like but, then, but then when Erica's like, why didn't you come to me? Why didn't you tell me about it? Why didn't you bring it to me right away? And it's like, Kyle just said that, sh- the, I mean, these people are in like page six, radar, all of these, like all about the tea, like these random ass websites all the time. And no, you're not going to text everybody about every article you see because if you assume it's not true, then it's no big deal. That's why we've had a whole storyline on Potomac about this like dumb blog rumor about Eddie cheating. It's like, yeah, because you aren't supposed to take that stuff seriously. Right. right. But w- right. if it's in the LA Times, then yeah. And <laughs> then a hit piece, as Erica the, would say. This hit piece in the LA Times, it's like, we didn't call you a liar. Kind of the LA Times did. Like, it's not. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, but also we get, a little moment within all of the Erica stuff last night of Rinna kind of having to having to like grovel a little bit again for her past sins, which I still don't think was entirely um, fulfilling as a as a viewer who didn't seem sincere. Yeah. So so basically, Andy asked the question, you know, like, Rinna, you've changed. Why after all of these other incidents where you didn't give a fuck about seeming like an <laughs> asshole? Are you like guys, we have to support Erica no matter what. 
And Rinna, rather than actually having an explanation for that, is just like, you know what, Andy? I feel horrible for everything else I've ever done on the show. I feel horrible for Kim. I feel horrible for Yolanda. That's right. one of my biggest regrets. Easy to say hor- now. I feel Her horrible about Her apologies were all like the same thing, but in I no feel way was she like, Denise, actually, even though yeah. I told Garcelle that I'm not ready to actually apologize to her yet. And I'm just going to blanket say I regret all of those things that I did on this show for six years. But Erica, I'm sticking by her. It's like, what? It's like you're sticking by the one like really questionable one. The others were like struggling. Like Yolanda had a an illness, like a chronic illness. Kim has a, an addiction. Like she picked on those people. Right. Those, those were all situations where Rinna was going against someone who really could have used an ally in a way that they were like genuinely hurting. Whereas Rina Erica, loves to punch could down. An, Erica could use an ally because people are abandoning her because they don't want to be legally implicated in something. Like, right. There's a difference. Because she's like implicated in something that is like affecting orphaned tsunami victims. Right. Not like like Denise Rich- what did Kim Richards ever do to, to an orphan? Like Right, like like she wants to destroy Denise's marriage and like bully LVP when her brother just committed suicide and like but Erica, like this incredibly like not contrite in, in no way sympathetic person who has like a full investigative piece on her in the New York, in the LA Times, that's the one that Eric that Rinna backs. You would think and- that Rinna hearing all these examples and watching her own behavior like all in a montage she might instead of being like oh i did something wrong in each of these situations like why wouldn't she think like oh i'm not i'm maybe a bad a shitty person because literally a minute later she's saying i'm a great friend she's a good friend (laughs) yeah you know what despite all of this i'm a good friend that's the one thing that i will stand by and um, <laughs> right, it's like, wouldn't my... you just say, like, maybe I could work on being a better friend after yeah, watching like, the montage of your shit? You know behavior. what? I got the note. I'll work on that. I right. um, one of my favorite Bravo accounts, um, Raven at Mainly Bravo. She tweeted how it's always funny how housewife apologies get framed as like, I'm sorry that happened. And the, oh, like, she said they, that. She literally had. The, I'm sorry. They that used happened. the passive voice to talk about something that they very actively did in the past. Yeah. And so for Rinna to be like, the thing with Yolanda, I wish it hadn't happened. And it's like, you, you did you it. Did say it. I, say right. I wish I didn't do it. Like Housewives yeah. and politicians are one and the same. And that was really the original concept behind the Betcha Sup, to be honest with you. <laughs> Once you become aware of how people use passive voice strategically, it's very like, you you notice it a lot. And it's like, oh, this is, yeah, no, I get, I get why you're doing this. Right. And it's... It's a clever little trick. I'm still, I'm with Garcelle. I'm still kind of mad at Rinna for what she did to Denise Richards. I'm in a point where I mad don't, at Rinna I, just for like being the shitty person she is. Like, for, for I'm more mad at Rinna for not for doing for constantly having friends on the show, and it seems like she's gonna have another friend on the show next year, and then throwing each and every one of them under the bus when they are at their worst yeah. point. I I don't particularly care about the Denise situation anymore like if Denise is ever coming back on the show I would love to explore it but for now I'm kind of like that I don't I didn't particularly enjoy that season while it was on um but I do Sammy you're totally right that there is this pattern and I think basically everybody watching the show at this point has identified the pattern and the majority of people watching the show are kind of 
sick of it, or at least sick, like think that Rinna is kind of a shitty friend. And so it is a little bit sus to me when they are started filming and the first kind of like new person that we have word about is this woman, Sonella Diana Jenkins. There's a lot of information about her on the internet and she's being kind of at least on the internet talked about as Rinna's friend that's coming onto the show. It's unclear. She definitely has some, like, I think she knows Kathy too. It's hard to know with these women, but like, it's I like, wanna see, I want to see a controversial Kathy Another season. friend. <laughs> the thing is, Dylan, the second you posted that, I was like, Diana Jenkins. Like, I know that name. I've seen yeah. it. Like, I've seen it written places. Where did I see it? And I, she's involved in like the yachting world is where I, I had seen it in the past. So it should be interesting. Yeah, there's, it's, in, she has a lot of like legit business stuff and then there's also some like questionable things if you if you when i say yachting i don't mean like boats (laughs) oh interesting i want to see i kind of want to see them go for kathy a little bit me too i want to i think that would be fun to watch i really think big kathy was like a cult leader and her kids were her um like members and the members like (laughs) like i really do and i think that like we're all that's what really the true narrative of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is. It's like, what did Big Kathy do to these Kathy girls? Kathy will buy the whole Bravo network and shut them down before she allows that to be the plot. Well, that so, is, it's a very interesting <laughs> plot. <laughs> here's like my, thing, interesting here's plot. my thing with Kathy. I, when she came on the show, obviously she came on as a friend of, she didn't want to commit to it, you know, whatever. Great for her. She doesn't need the money. But at the reunion... She was there for like three and a half parts out of four. She got to stay at the end and have her little, what did, What would you do differently this season? And have her moment apologizing to Garcelle. They're treating her like she's a housewife. She was at all of the filming events, basically, except she's- for Garcelle's dinner. And so I do feel like this season, it felt like everybody kind of had the kid gloves with Kathy. And I think that was fine because we got a lot of great moments from her. But I think... If she's gonna be on next season as much, she at some point is gonna have to sort of like step into the ring a little I bit, agree. even if it's not, even if it's not as heavy as what you want to bring up, Sammy. Like, <laughs> even if it's just like have a stupid disagreement with somebody, that's what Housewives is. Honestly, I can't see her doing that. Like, I can't see her disagreeing her with anyone other than her own siblings. Like in a real way. Like I can't Maybe see if her someone really said something about her mom. She might that could like spark something. That would be there. the only way. Maybe they maybe she wants to respond to my allegation. <laughs> I would I could see her having like a little spat with like Dorit or Rinna. I could see that happening. But, no, I but don't I think... can't see Dorit or Rinna having a spat with Kathy is my is the reason. It's like mm. they would immediately cede ground to her. I know. Maybe Garcelle wouldn't, but I feel like there's respect there. I think that's the tough thing about Beverly Hills is that there are always these weird power dynamics of people. And we've seen it with Erica this season. Clearly, the majority of the cast doesn't really want to go there with her for whatever reason. I think we've seen that, you know, we saw that for a long time with Lisa Vanderpump and then the bubble kind of burst. Um, You know, I think at the beginning of this season, Kyle was saying that she was like nervous to be, you know, to like speak her mind around Garcelle, like those dynamics are, they can be interesting to watch, but at the same time, they can also sort of stifle the natural 
events from happening if people are always kind of tiptoeing around certain cast members. Is anyone cut from next year? No. No, everybody... Every... I'm not sure if Kathy has been seen filming yet, but everybody else has. Kathy has too much real world power, like not on, not show power. You know what I mean? Like there's show influence and then there's like real real L.A. influence. Right. Like I think Kathy has too much real L.A. influence for any of them to like go against her. I guess we'll see. Like the same reason they won't yeah. go against Kyle on the show is because she I, has like the most show influence. Yeah, I don't expect anyone to go against her in like a major way, but I would... I would love to see just like a little bit of a spat, a disagreement here or there. You know, keep it interesting. Knock that fire down, 19. Copy, Captain. Let's move. ABC Thursdays. Firefighters, we're family. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. The subject has explosive chemicals. Get down! With fiery romances. You're the love of my life. And Andy is finally in charge. I'm going to be the best damn captain the station has ever seen. Station 19. All new Thursdays, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Sierra's Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. Okay, let's let's talk about Winter House just a little bit. Um, this Austin <laughs> and Lindsay and Sierra situation is really it's really tough for me to watch because I just how feel. <laughs> how how could it not be? I mean, Lindsay just they're on such different pages. Lindsay saying that she thinks that Austin is like putting her on the back burner until he's older and then is going to come around and date her. I'm like, I don't think that's what's happening. I think you're, you know, kind of lying to yourself about what this situation is. She says she's a front burner kind of girl, which I think 99% right. of people would describe. Well, that's like saying you have main character energy. Right. It's like, yeah, like nobody front really burner, wants to be played. Like not a back burner like you're yeah. the main girl. Okay. Yeah. yeah. She's like, you can't just put me on the back burner until you're ready. Like I'm a front burner kind of girl. I'm like, yeah, like every, like yeah, that. Okay, good. You have like I, self-esteem. <laughs> just out. Or, yeah. Or maybe I have, I mean, Lindsay's an amazing reality TV person. Like she truly yes. is. Um, I've seen rumors that Lindsay and Carl are dating IRL. They have did a couple's that? Halloween costume. Yeah, with is that other. the source of the rumors? Um, that costume? So there are other... It's been kind of circulating. They've played coy about it um, at the at the book release party. Um, Bryce Sander asked them about it, and they were like... And Lindsay was like, I'm really happy right now. And they, like... Maybe I they're think- afraid to fuck it up, because, like, I do feel like the two of them, like, as they get older, they don't... Something I'm happy about is that I do feel like Lindsay and Carl have not gone the like, let's be crazy or like, let's be like wild reality people who are just always doing things for controversy and like fucking up our own lives. I do feel like they care about their lives. Yes. You know? And I think also, you know, they have a season of Summer House that is 
waiting to be aired. And I think that potentially there could be some spoilers if they're coming out now and being like, yes, we're in a happy relationship. So I think Mm -hmm. in in a few months, we might have a little more clarity on that. Yeah, I I think that'll be exciting. I I ship that. I ship that couple. I can't (laughs) believe Kyle is like almost 40 in his house. And like, He's with these like twenty four year olds. Like it does. Seem, like you forget. It Who's does 24? seem a little weird. No one's twenty. Sierra is like Sierra's uh, like twenty four, twenty five. I think she's twenty five. Oh Maybe yeah, twenty five now. She was twenty four on Summer House. Austin's thirty three. She's twenty five. They have an eight year difference. And Kyle's like, that's perfect. Amanda and I are nine years apart. I'm like, sure, okay. Yeah, I mean, he looks young, but like it is weird. I do think there's something weird about being in like a house with mostly like twenty five year olds if you're forty. Yeah, I honestly it's, think it's yeah. it's not that weird because of the ages range from like 25 to 40. Like they're all sort of like there's 30 year olds, there's 28 year olds. Sierra I guess is and they're young. all on that reality TV ageless. Yeah, like I think some of them are 38. Some you know there there's a enough of a range. It's not like all 25 year olds and Kyle or like all 40 year olds and Sierra. Like right. they're all sort of within it. I yeah, I think the thing that makes it a little bit weirder maybe not like bad weird but just like an odd dynamic is that if the expectation is that most of these people are single and they're gonna like hook up with each other you are gonna get some like age age differentials um like i don't know if you're i imagine that not all like 35 year old single people would be trying to hook up with like a 26 year old so yeah what do you think about Amanda and Kyle? Because, I mean, obviously they got married. But do you think that they sort of, like, embellish their fighting for the show? Or it's like that they let their fights sort of, like, go further than they would go if they were in, like, their real life? Because they seem they seem happy and to love each other. But what, but right. you watch them on the show and you're like, this is not a good a functional couple. I was wondering that, that because it just seems so, like... It seems so, like, dramatic based on the fact that nothing is really happening. Mm-hmm. Like, the first, the, the night on this episode the when they, like, do the beer Olympics and Kyle is, like, sobbing because he can't find Amanda and she's in the bathroom. And it's like, I know that you're drunk and, that you know, emotions can run high, whatever. But, like, what are you, what are you, like, actually upset about? Like, it doesn't seem like, okay, so they, you know... Kyle's been working too much. Amanda wants quality time together. Like, that is an extremely, like... Standard. Pedestrian relationship (laughs) dynamic issue. Like, okay, yeah. So, like, Kyle probably needs to make a little more time for Amanda. And that's something that they can both, you know, work on together. But, like, it is kind of funny that I feel like they probably are conscious of making drama. But also, like, the show wants to frame it as drama and it's like that's not really drama that's just like working on your relationship (laughs) right well i what i think is probably what what i kind of guess is going on is that like when you're in a real fight you know with your partner you're you know you kind of could go either way like you could kind of keep letting the fight go by being like more mad Mm -hmm. or you could stop it and communicate or like take a break but because they're filming i think they don't do that second right thing and they let it go and they maybe know sort of like oh we're doing like this was for the show you know yeah and they're 
I mean, they've been doing this for a long time now. It seems like we've, I mean, we've progressed, thankfully, past the point in their relationship where it's like, Kyle got drunk and made out with another girl. It's like now they're arguing about, like, their bedroom situation, which I think if you're going to be, like, seriously together with someone and getting married, that should be sort of the caliber of argument you're having, not, like, did you fuck someone else? So Right, right. It's true. The, the growth is the growth is good to see. Yeah, totally. Oh, now that he is almost 40, I would imagine. <laughs> you're you're going to keep reminding him. I am going to keep her. I mean, it's just, it, it, I think, I mean, Andy, Andy asked her on the show, like, do you feel like it's weird that Kyle is almost 40 and blacking out on the thing? And she's like, no, like, it's, I think that if there's any huge issue in their relationship, it's that Kyle, who is almost 40, frequently blacks out and like kind of is mean to her but is he blacking out for the show or is he blacking out like on a normal night when they're just chilling you know they have i I mean they basically have the same um stats in the relationship as britney and jacks except for not having a baby and like i feel much less darkness with kyle and amanda way less way less like it does feel like it really does feel like the the drama's heightened in their relationship is heightened for the show. Well, here's the thing. We've never seen them in Vanderpump Rules and Summer House are two different shows. One is filmed in a very like time where you're putting people in a house with other people. We never see them really like in their day-to-day lives. Like Vanderpump is supposed to be about their day-to-day lives. They're not all Vanderpump they're never in a house for like three weeks all together with the rest of the people. It's like a, a, an ongoing reality show i think summer house is a totally different dynamic because they're put in a very different situation i actually like was thinking about this yesterday that i was like wow it would be fun to have like a show in the fall where it's like them just living their lives in the city and then i'm like i don't actually think we need that well it heightens all the drama when they're all in a house right and i don't think that it would be like more enjoyable to watch them going about their lives and like grabbing lunch like on a, a housewives show, I don't think that would be more entertaining than whatever shenanigans right. they're doing, like in the house. Well, that's why on the reality on housewives, they always have them do a trip or two because they right. need them in a house where they can't escape each other for like a long for like a prolonged period of time because that's when you can't like escape the drama. Like you can get dinner with someone and then leave and you're fine, but if you put someone in a house with someone for like three days plus, it's gonna get weird. Yeah, especially if there's already weirdness. Right. Yeah, if you're confessing your love to someone the first night you show. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, this has been so fun. I'm so glad you two were able to join me for these this little capsule of Thursday episodes. What a what a Beverly Hills season. It was a, a whopper of a season. I'm upset that this <laughs> is over. This is like a this was a I feel like I've been on this train for a full year because this is, uh, oh, it's one year since the election. And that was the day right. that they filed for divorce. So this has been a, a doozy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you again for joining me. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. If you enjoyed Sammy and Jordana on the podcast, make sure to go give us a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Um, and follow the show so you never miss any of our episodes. And just be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Is that, did I say it right? Okay. Mention It All is produced by Sean Kilby and Jorge Morales Pico. Editing by Sean Kilby. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Nicole Pellegrino. 
Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Betches.